Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. healing takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, man of purpose himself, and your host for the evening, Mr. J.R. www.soulofamericaradio.com 
you can go there and then go immediately to where it says Hope in Healing, and you click that and go to live show, and you have us here live. So we're excited today that you will call a friend and call a neighbor and let them know that we're on the airway today. We are looking so forward to this year. Believe it or not, I think this is going on our fourth year. Uh, it will be our fourth year around about October uh, of being here on the Soul of America Radio Network. And I want to take the time to just acknowledge and uh, and uh, thank uh, the president and CEO of Soul of America Radio, Mr. Tony Stallings, for just having a vision and the courage to even approach us about this, uh, like I said, some three years ago, going on four years ago, and uh, we're glad that we have done so. We've had some tremendous shows. We've had people that literally uh, not only find their way of hope on this show, but we've had many different things to occur to affect so many things that are happening here. So even as we've entered the show tonight, I want you to, hey, call a friend, call a neighbor, text a friend, text a neighbor. Perhaps you know someone who is dealing with the issue of abuse. Perhaps it's a family member. Perhaps it is a coworker. Perhaps it's someone that you're very close to. It could even be you yourself. I believe that you'll find in this show here tonight some substance that will really play a great part in finding answers. Now, having said that, Tonight's show is an open, it's an open air show. So in other words, tonight's show, although we're entitled it, it is your business. That means that the platform is totally open. Our callers that call, you feel free to add your question, your comments, or your story. And so that's the way that you reach us tonight is area code 323-784-9638. That is how you get on the air with us. And if you have a question and a comment, simply hit the number one on your keypad. Once you hit the number one on your keypad, it lets our producer know that you want to get on the air. Now, you don't have to give your name, but once that happens, we will get you on the airwaves, and we will entertain your question and our comment. So that's how you reach us tonight, area code 323-784-9638. And uh, we're going to get this show started here in one moment. And one of the things I want to do just before we get started here, I want to take us right to one of our uh, commercial breaks here. And let's start the new year off with uh, some uh, information that is vital. We'll be right back after this break. via internet, you're probably seeing a series of advertisements. Please click on those advertisements as they help us to continue to bring you the best in soulful talk radio. By Choice to Fellowship on Facebook is a spiritual, drama-free, judgment-free fellowship forum for light minds to share in encouragement through testimonies, scriptures, music, prayer, worship, and fellowship. It is our desire to be an oasis of hope in the midst 
of the deserts and wilderness of life's most challenging experiences. We welcome you for prayer requests as well as your testimonies as we collectively operate as thermostats changing life's experience through God's leading in His Word. Join us as we empower lives and shape destinies. That's Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship on Facebook through a search you can find us. If you're listening via internet and you want to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. This is the Soul of America Radio. I am Indy Harlem 2. And I am fighting the power on the soul of America Radio. Worldwide, coast to coast talk radio. This is the soul of America Radio. You're listening to Soar. And now back to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thickland. Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. Remember, every Monday night, that's right, every Monday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 o'clock in the Central Time Zone, 7 o'clock if you're in the Mountain Time Zone, 6 o'clock if you're in the Pacific Time Zone, and wherever you may be around the globe, you can reach us here on the Soul of America Radio Network. Now, I want you to also know this. That this show is, is being broadcast, is being recorded, is podcasted. So you can always go back to the Solar America Radio Network and pull any of the shows that we have had here. And for many, they have used these shows as a source of encouragement to others, as a source of uh, being able to reach others. And I invite you to do the same here. So it's a, a absolutely a tremendous opportunity, tremendous opportunity uh, to be on the show, have part in the show sharing your experiences, sharing advice, sharing many different things. But most of all, getting to the place of healing as it relates to this whole issue of domestic and sexual violence. So as we have entered this new year, the year 2016, there's so much that we can talk about. There's so much that we need to look at. And I think so much that many of us will find ourselves being able to say that we uh, are able to now do to be able to make a difference inside of this matter. This is not a situation that's done in a vacuum. As a matter of fact, we're seeing the issue of domestic violence as really being the root cause of so many other type of violence that is happening in our community. And we must understand that domestic violence is never a one-time incident. It is never a one-time episode. It is never something that just lasts but a moment and is faded away. The reality is, is that the impact of domestic violence reaches far across lives and time span and the lifespan of an individual's life whether they're traumatized from the abuse that they've suffered or have witnessed, or whether or not they themselves find themselves uh, uh, with nightmares and going through situations as a result of what they've gone through, this issue never goes away. And for those that believe that this issue is something that uh, is really a private matter, let me say this. It's never private. 
because you are impacted by this issue from every walk of life. There's no one exempted from this issue. As a matter of fact, this issue affects people from all walk of life, from every social, economic, and ethnic background. But the reality is, is that the way that we have approached this issue, the way that we have approached this issue as a society has been very, very, if you would, swayed. We have actually have tried to have a one-size-fit-all approach to the issue of domestic violence, and I assure you that it is no one-size-fit-all. As a matter of fact, I assure you that we must understand that there are culturally sensitivity issues that goes on with domestic violence. Uh, you know, whether you are from the Pacific Northwest or whether you're from uh, uh, from the streets of Compton or whether you're from the rural areas, uh, we are all impacted by our environment. And when we look at how those things affect us, the way we have informed our mindset, what have affected us? Who have informed our belief system? Culture has a lot to do with domestic violence and the reasons why we do it and why we approach it the way that we do. We cannot ever separate culture from what happens inside of a person's mindset, both the victim and the perpetrator. And so that this is what we need to do. We need to begin to now take a look at how we, as a society, uh, as an individual, as people, how can we now begin to take this matter in our hands? Because this is a serious matter. Domestic violence is never meant for just law enforcement to try to handle it in and of itself. It is too big of an incident and too big of an issue for any one entity to just handle by itself. That's why it is incumbent upon us that we really get ourselves together, that we really recognize the fact that we all have to get aboard in addressing this. When we talk about the impact of domestic violence, when we're talking about anywhere from 3.5 to 15 million children a year being exposed to domestic violence and the impact that it has on them, I tell you this thing is not done in a closet somewhere. We have to begin to do the things that are relevant as it relates to the issue of domestic violence. Now, I want to say something to you, and as we are going along, remember that the lines are open tonight, area code 323-784-9638, area code 323-784-9638. You can call in. You can have a question or comment. But I want to give you a few uh, statistics and a few things that I think will, uh, will help us out. When we start talking about the cultural impact of domestic violence, and I did this presentation here a couple years ago, African-Americans, especially African-American women, suffer deadly violence from family members at race decidedly higher than, uh, uh, than for other racial groups in the United States. However, notice this, that it is observed that research concerning family violence among African-Americans is generally inadequate. Overall, African-Americans were victimized by intimate partner a significant higher race than persons of any other race between 93 and 98, and that number has even continued to grow. Black females experience intimate partner violence at a rate 35% higher than that of white females. I want you to hear that. Black females experience intimate partner violence at a rate 35% higher than that of white females, and about 22 per, uh, times the rate of women of other races. By the same token, black males experience intimate partner violence at a rate about 62% higher than that of white males and about 22 times the rate of men of other races. See, there seems to be a scare when we start talking about the cultural impact of domestic violence. When we start talking about how domestic violence affects one culture at a, at, a, a, at a disproportionate rate than others. 
And we cannot have this honest discussion unless we really talk about what are the what are the contributing factors? What are the things that lends itself to this type of thinking? I think that we have to be willing to address this subject matter. We must talk about it. We have to expand the definition and expand the narrative about this issue of domestic violence. It is not something that goes away simply because of the fact we have a few hotlines and because of those matters and brochures, it's going to take a collective effort from every party, from every party, from every entity. And that means a lot. That means that that we have to begin to get those involved that are not involved. We have to get the churches greater, greater involved. We must get sororities and fraternities. We must get businesses and educational systems. And once we get those together, then we can begin to really make some great strides in addressing this issue of domestic violence. Now, why is this important? Because I'm going to tell you something. When people's lives are impacted by domestic violence, it impacts not only where they work, it impacts the schools, it impacts where they worship, it impacts everything. But oftentimes we don't look at it through that lens. We don't look at it through the lens of what it is, and that lens is very serious here because, in fact, domestic violence just doesn't hide. It doesn't go away. It's an issue that we must all take heed and begin to really stand on that front line and to address it. That means that we need to stop denying and stop being in denial about the uh, severity of this issue of domestic violence. Now, when we look at this a little deeper and a little closer, one of the things that I thought was very important is one of the U.S. Department of Justice report here that talked about intimate partner violence. Said African-American women experience significantly more domestic violence than white women in their age group of 20 to 24. Now, generally black women experience similar levels of intimate partner victimization in all of them other age categories as compared to white women, but experience slightly more domestic violence. Now, why is this important? This is important because, of fact, when we begin to look at this issue of intimate partner violence, and as you look at the crime victimization survey, it defines it as intimate partner as a current or former uh, partner, spouse, girlfriend, or boyfriend. And those acts under intimate partner violence includes things like murder, rape, sexual assault, robbery, aggravated assault, and simple assault. Too often we don't have that conversation in our circle. We don't. It has become almost acceptable when we start talking about the issue of domestic violence, and especially in the underserved community. What we need to understand is that there's so much that we have to do to educate. We've got to erase the misnomer that anger is the cause of violence. We continue to hear things like, well, the angry black man, the black man is so angry that this is what happens. Well, I, you may understand that he may have some symptoms of anger, but anger is not the root cause of the violence. Anger is a natural emotion, but violence is a choice. We choose to be violent because we can be angry, but doesn't mean that the next action is violent. It is no different than talking about conflict. Conflict will happen. People will have conflict simply because they're different. But the, the, the natural progression of conflict is not violence. Conflict, natural progression ought to be resolution. How do we resolve the conflict that we're having? But see, when we begin to deal with the issue of domestic violence, it takes on another level as well. It talks about being rooted deeply in the whole uh, notion of power and control. I need to control you. I need to dominate. I need you to listen, and I need you to obey, and I need you to follow suit with what I'm saying. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to achieve that goal. And for many, violence is the thing that has been the thing that has worked for them. 
So when we talk about uh, violence, once again, violence is never a natural reaction to being angry. It is never that. And even though, once again, anger is a natural human response, there's nothing natural about reacting to anger by allowing oneself to become physical or violent. For many people, they live in this type of a mindset. They live in this type of environment from every walk of life, and they live in this type of fear. And, and, and we have to understand when people live in this type of fear, this behavior becomes normalized. And when this behavior becomes normalized, people actually begin to justify that this is just the way the things are. And we see it happening on both ends. So we have to have a very candid look at this issue of domestic violence. And we have to have a candid look and look at how it has impacted us, how it continues to rob us, how it continues to affect our homes, our society, our education, and all those things there. So when we start talking about it, we need to go a little bit deeper in what does those warning signs really look like. Oh, I've seen the list. We passed out those lists. But that that must go a little bit further than where we've been so far. So we want to definitely explore this, and that's just an introductory topic tonight. It is open line, domestic violence. It is our business tonight on Hope and Healing, a journey to hold us. Our producer, Lester, though, we do have a caller on the line, and we're going to bring that caller on the line. Caller number ending in 8451. Good evening, and welcome to Hope and Healing, a journey to hold us. You're on the air. Hi, good evening. <laughs> good evening. Hi. Um, I have a couple of comments here about um what you just said. Okay. I know um sorry, I got three old next to me. Um, yes, I do agree what you just said. Okay. Because first of all, I was a victim of the best of violence. I'm gonna say Thank God that you're just out. And um, recently, my 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 ex husband that I used to live with, um, he verbal abused me, physical abused me. Um, just past recently, um, I was abused by him, and uh, right now I'm living with my parents, you know, because um, the um, I was rushing the hospital that one day and um and the doctors and nurses told me to leave and um i'm sorry i get a little emotional because i always remember okay. this but I remember this but you know um you two boys with me and that's why i have to you know take them with them to be safe because they witnessed it it's okay. First of all, we I really appreciate your courage. Your courage to even come forth and talk and, and from what I understand is the fact that not only did you witness this, you experienced this, but your concern was was it the fact that your uh your sons witnessed this as well? Yeah. Yeah, my t- my two year old left that time now three saw everything and my oldest son too at the time. I mean you know, I got tired of this relationship and I finally left him for good. And um and the problem is that, you know, in a in a 
an abusive relationship, you know, like Jody admitted they manipulate, and I know the word manipulate, meaning that, you know, like he's threatening me, this, this, and everything, but um, I already told him, like, a couple of days ago, damage is done, I don't want to be back with you. I'm sorry, because why I'm going to go back, it start, you know, the cycle again, you know, the abuse and stuff. I that's why I left. That's why I'm here with my parents. You know, and I'm a Latina. I'm Puerto Rican. Okay. Yeah. And um, and my head cousin, he's you know Dominican, and he's Hispanic too. And you know, we go through you know the fights and stuff and. I mean, that's why, you know, I'm trying to focus on myself now. I don't want to go back with him. I'm starting, you know, a new chapter in my life. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. Have Mm -hmm. you been able to establish any support systems to help you through this? And I ask this question for those that may be listening. There are a lot of people that Mm -hmm. think that getting getting out of an abusive relationship is easy, but... I think that you can attest that it's not easy. Uh, there are a lot of different barriers and uh, factors that plays into you not leaving, and, and I'm quite sure there have been some factors that have played into you returning back in time past. Uh, would, you con- would you agree with that, that the fact that it's not easy, and would you also agree with the fact that you do need support? You need su- a support system while you're going through this situation. I do. Uh, I'm trying to find um, like a support system for you know domestic violence. I have friends who do Facebook pages on that, and you know I join and everything. And normally I don't share that much information on there, right. but as like as a public um, public out there. Um, I'm trying to get, you know, the help that's needed by going to web pages and going through, you know, um, what they have in the community and everything. But, you know, right. with my time and everything, my kids, you know, just kind of like, you know, <laughs> kind of like back me up and everything because, you know, kids are sick now. But, and, um, you know, I'm I'm trying to find. That's my next step. All guys trying to do is get you know at least going to a domestic violence class and everything. Cause I know a couple of them, but I just got you know find the time to to go there and you know participate. You know, well, one of the things I would say, and, and not knowing which area you're from, but uh, definitely in many cases there are resources in those communities that not only provide for support groups, but they also provide, uh, you know, even therapy and therapy for the children, uh, children that are exposed to domestic violence. And this is very important that they can get uh, any help they, they can early on. And so, uh, you know, uh, I can give you the national hotline number and then calling that, uh, being able to, you could have a discussion with them about where you are and that you're looking for some resources uh, for us to be able to help in, in terms of uh, of these things. They're there. Okay. They're needed. And I applaud you. I applaud you for 
getting to the place that you realize that, listen, you didn't want your kids to continue to be exposed to this. And so you yeah. made that decision that was a very, very uh, powerful decision, a very courageous decision, and uh, we applaud you for that. And um, yes. I don't know if you have a, I don't know if you have a, a pencil or pen, but we'll repeat this number yes. somewhere yes. In, in, um, in the um, uh, broadcast tonight. But definitely one eight hundred seven nine nine seven two three three one eight hundred seven nine nine safe. It's the National Domestic Violence Hotline number, and to be able to call that, to be able to have a conversation with them, and talk about the fact of, you know, of the, re- the 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 resources that is needed, because we know that, you know, although you get out of the abusive relationship, we know that just because you're out of it doesn't mean that the impact of it has stopped. Getting out of it is mm-hmm. one thing, but the impact of it, uh, uh, oftentimes. Uh, continues on. And so that's where resources needed. That's where support is needed. That's where we need individuals that are going to play a part in being able to stand with you because it's a struggle at times. It's a struggle, you know, when you know, oftentimes when you've depended on this individual, this individual has been a, a great part of the finance and, and sometimes the only finance and now you're trying to make it without the individual, it becomes very much a struggle. And so the support is needed on every hand, and I applaud you uh, for making that move there inside of yeah. that. And so I Definitely. have to deal with this pain. I have to deal with this pain since since he's been doing this from the beginning until when I left him, and then all of a sudden, like in September of, of 2015, I got to a major car accident, and that makes it even worse, and still. You know, I mean, I'm still in the pain right now, you know, and the hair of the whole family and everything. And, I mean, it was it was a nightmare for me. But, you know, the only thing I, um, and, you know, I've been getting help, too, with the services and everything. And, um, and right now I just want to find, you know, at least like a, like a group therapy for domestic violence to, you know, so I could be there for, you know, every single day if I wanted to. I mean, I would love to do that, you know, at least bring my kids along. They have child care or something, but, you know. Well, absolutely, and that's the type of support services you need. Uh, once again, the number uh, 1-800-799-SAFE is one way that you can go that route. And also, for those that are listening, including yourself, if you'd like to email, if you'd like to email me, inf- uh, email me that information where you may be, and we could try to connect you with a local resource where you are. For those of you that uh, would like to reach us, you can reach us at our brand new uh, email address, transforminglives2000 at gmail.com. Transforming Lives 2000 at gmail.com. And if that information that we will respond to your email, we'll make some connection with a local entity where you may be so that that can have, happen. Uh, victim Services. I work a lot with Victim Services across this state and in other areas. And uh, I know that we can get you connected to some services that will be there. And uh, child care is very important inside of a lot of these things. So it's not a dead end road. I'm telling you, it's 2016. The year 2016 will begin to be a better year than 2015 was and 2014 was. Once again, I admire your courage. 
thank you so very much for calling in. Continue to listen. There's some other uh, other callers that's on the line there. We'll be sharing okay, as well. Thank you, sir. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Ficklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. That is how you reach us, area code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us here on tonight. We have another caller. We're going to get on the line here. Caller number ending in 6431. Good afternoon. You're on the air. Hope and healing. Hi, Jack. Can you hear me? I can hear you. You're on the air. Good evening. Thank you. Good evening. I was calling kind of to reach out to the moms and just young ladies in general or older women that have been abused and going through things. And first of all, I want to say that I love all of you, and uh, we have to keep an open mind for the children that are in this situation. We are building our children's stories with what we have been through. We have to be more precautious about what we're bringing into our lives. I heard the last caller saying that he was showing his his uh, the way he is from the get-go, and that's something that we have to understand. People will show you who they are off the rip. Me, personally, I when I was dating and in the dating field, I give a person 48 hours to keep my attention because I am the type of woman that live off love and needed the love of a man. But at the same time, I've been abused. I've had a child kicked out of me. And that made me stop to understand that right now today my kids were affected by that because I have started their life story of my mom was abused. This is what I had to see, that traumatized kid. So as a woman, you have to step back and look at what you're allowing in your life. What are you, what, what person are you bringing into your life when a person shows that they don't have the qualities that you're looking for to keep your attention or to do whatever, let it go. Everybody that you meet doesn't mean that they're meant to be in your life. And we have to understand we are we are women. We men come out of us. We we you know it, it takes a man to make a child, but it takes a woman to raise that child because we are more sensitive to their needs. So, therefore, we cannot put the blame on men because the women have common sense to know what they will and will not take. And it should not take for a man to constantly put his hand up to us for us to say, stop. You have to know your worth. You have to know the man above to know that the love that you want to receive is the love of God. Anybody in anything that comes into your life, again, is not there for purpose unless they're dropping off a lesson or they're dropping off a blessing. Sometimes you got to let go. And I'm saying this because I have overcome. I have been in the pity party. I have been in the the crying, and I think that my life is all over. But when you know that you, what you deserve, and when you realize what you deserve, your mind goes into a different direction. And when your mind goes into a different direction, that is your past story, not ongoing. A man can only do so much that you allow him to do. It comes to a point that you must stop and evaluate yourself and what you let in. So it's no pointing a finger. It's what you choose in the club, what you choose in the Walmart, what you choose, who makes you smile and this, this, and that. Let a man break down that barrier to know that, okay, this is something that I want, not this is something that's going to complete my appetite for right now. So I'm not going to hold you online. I know you got other callers. I've been a woman that was abused. I got a child kicked out of me. I did the crying. I did everything. But right now, on today, 
I know my worth. And knowing my worth means if you can't get my attention or you can't hold a conversation that is decent, I am not going to even allow you in my life for any more time being because that's a waste of time when I can go on with my life. So, ladies, I'm letting you know don't give a man power to have that much control over you that you can't leave or to build a negative story in your child's mind. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. There's people out there that's going to love you, but you have to love yourself first and know what you're worth. J.R. Bigland, I thank you for your time. Well, thank you so very much. Very, very uh, great, strong advice, and uh, an advice coming from a person who is a survivor of domestic violence. Thank you so much, Dee. That makes such a big difference inside of this. Listen, those of you that are listening today, one of the things that was said, sir, uh, that was repeated by actually both of the callers that was in was talking about the fact, uh, the first caller talked about the fact she noticed that person showed themselves to her uh, from the beginning. Oftentimes, people do miss early warning signs, and they miss them because of the fact uh, oftentimes they're looking for the other things that are there. Because, you know, depending on where we are, our needs, we come into that. But I want, I want to talk about a little bit, and, uh, and please feel free to still call in, those of you that are listening by way of telephone, area code 323-784-9638. If you have a question and or comment, just simply hit number one on your keypad. That lets our producer know that you want to get on the air, and we'll get you on the air. For those of you that may be listening by way of the Internet, www.soulofamericaradio.com, if you'd like to have a question or comment, please feel free to just call that number, and we'll get you on the airway. For those of you that like to call in or write to us, uh, you can write us at our new email address for this show, transforminglives2000 at gmail.com. TransformerLives2000 at gmail.com, and we want to make sure that we go there in, uh, inside of this. But I wanted to get here to this part here. When we understand the nature of domestic violence and some of the warning signs there is not always physical. And so if we're looking for physical abuse to happen, an assault to happen, before we recognize that we're in an abusive relationship, then we're actually waiting too long. And, and, and there's no guarantee that we're going to fare well from that type of situation. But I want you to understand the nature of domestic violence, the disrespect that is oftentimes uh, early warning sign. It is at the heart of domestic violence because it, it can take many uh, different forms, including being rude, sarcasm, or rejection of another person's opinion. In other words, uh, I think uh, it was D that talked about the fact of the person not valuing who you are. So you have to look at disrespect comes in that form of uh, rejection of your opinion, your beliefs, and your value. It is often represent. It is it's often as present. Is, is present very early on in that relationship is one of the earliest signs of abuse. Then, of course, you have a control factor. Control is a key factor in domestic violence because perpetrators of domestic violence often feel superior to the people they're abusing. So if they feel that you're nothing and they're minimizing you, they're condescending towards you, uh, those type things, those are early uh, signs as well. And so when they feel superior and they're abusing you and they feel, and they feel a need to control you, that is a sign. Uh, in a couple's relationship, uh, controlled uh, definitely usually creeps in slowly, but you have to pay attention to any seemingly innocent efforts to control how you spend your time, how you spend your money, uh, what you wear, or who you see, because many perpetrators, I mean, you understand these individuals didn't just become this way, but many of these abusers are skilled at gaining control in a casual way. It can easily uh, go unnoticed. So you have to pay attention to any changes you are making in your own behavior and ask yourself the question, hmm, why am I making these changes? Am I making it because this person is now putting a demand on me? 
And then your next sign you want to look for as far as the nature of domestic violence is jealousy. Jealousy is, jealousy is oftentimes brought up, uh, brought on by feelings of ownership and a desire to control another person. So when you look at the word jealousy, jealousy is a real or an imagined threat to or about someone or something that you feel that belongs to you. So if that person feels that you're that, that they own you and they look at you as property, then guess what? These type of emotions and feelings of ownership is there, and so any person that's in a couple's relationship with recurring jealousy, uh, they should be very cautious about continuing that relationship. So that means that if you're getting involved in a relationship early on and you see jealous tendencies, I don't care how casual this person try to make it seem or how cute they try to make it seem, you've got to recognize the fact that this is a very early warning sign, and this warning sign could do a lot to uh, bring you into a very negative and very painful relationship. So please keep that in mind when we start talking about those early warning signs of domestic violence. Jealousy is one of those key things that you look at inside of it. And then I'm going to say this, and then I'll take our next caller uh, of the line. When we talk about fault and blame, when an abusive person rarely takes uh, uh, fault for any problem. So if you're dealing with a person who never can take fault uh, or take responsibility for any problems, that is a warning sign. Uh, initially, an abusive person will speak of conflict with others in a way that rarely ever acknowledge their part in the wrongdoing. In a family situation, uh, it's extremely rare for an abuser to take fault uh, for any of the conflict that happens unless the relationship is in a honeymoon phase and the abuser is uh, attempt, uh, attempted to still regain the affection of the victim. But during this phase, the abuser generally will apologize, uh, but the apology is insincere. And the acknowledgement of wrongdoing will not last. These apologies are manipulation tools. These are manipulation tools to still try to gain control of this individual. That's what these are. And so you have to look very carefully at this type of situation because these type things is where people find themselves in abusive relationship. That is one of the reasons that when we really look at understanding its value and worth, it's important. So if you're a person who has an innate need to be loved by someone and you're only looking at the fact of, of the person's biceps and triceps, what that person may on or drive or have, then you put yourself in a very, very compromising position because that compromising position often have you looking like a deer in the headlights. You're seeing the glitter. You're seeing the gold, but you're missing out on the very obvious signs that are there. And when people are manipulators, when they have learned to manipulate like this, they do a great job of keeping you in that mindset. So those are things that we have to keep in mind there, and we'll cover a few more um, after we get back from this. Immediately after this break, we're getting our caller on the line, caller number in at 8669. Right after this break, we'll be right back for Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. You listen to J.R. Thicklin, and we'll be right back on the other side of this break. Listening to the Soul of America Radio. 
you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. And remember, you can catch this show every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 8 o'clock p.m. Central. And give them a call tonight at 323-784-9638. You give Jay a call right now. And now, back to the show. from 
some of the survivors and other people, it turned from a situation where the person had just had an affair to a something that I recognized as an abusive situation. And it went from he's just dating other people to he pulled a gun out on me three. He wow. uh, has hit me. And so at that point, I knew, based on what I've heard on the show, that I, I referred this person, I gave this person resources um, that they can take advantage of. And, and I reached out to several people, mainly a, a female that, that is around this person and knows her um, uh, fairly well in the same city. My, my point in telling you this was this person reached out to me. And why me? I'll never know. Why this today? Why now? I'll never know. But the most important thing is, is that because of this show, because of your pounding it in our heads every week, I was able to think and say, wait a minute, this person has a different situation, and I don't need to write it off. I really need to probe into this. And I'm not the one to get in people's business. Jay, I feel like I need to stay in my own lane. But this time, I said, may I ask you a few questions? And they said, yeah. And I said, has this person ever hit you? And it slowly came out, yes. Beating her, he's pulling guns, the whole nine. And I I, I, I was careful because you don't want to point the finger and say, hey, look, what's your problem? You need to get out of this. I remember that I had to be very empathetic at the time, and I had to be very, I had to give more of an ear than mouth. And I learned this from from your show. So I gave this person a good ear, and then once I got the information, I was able to dig into resources and get her to reach out to other people. And, And that's exactly what I did. I'm a male, and this person is a female. And I didn't feel comfortable, but, Jay, I felt it important that I establish what's really going on. And that's what I did. And then I reached out to the person. And I just want to say that, man, this show is very commendable because I've listened to quite a few of your guests that are survivors. And because I've listened and retained it, it's almost as if it kicked in kind of automatically with me, even though I didn't realize it. And had I just ignored it, had I just brushed it off and not have been just a little more probing, Jay, I, I don't know that this person, I, I, that might mean the, the world of difference for her. She might, maybe because of what the, uh, the, the, the reaching out that I recognize, maybe she's a little closer now to getting towards some type of destination in this journey. And you're right. The title of this show is Journey, Hope and Healing. A journey to wholeness, it's a journey. And and I'm thankful that your show gave me the insight to go beyond where I was and to actually probe into it. You know, we we, we think we know these things. We think we know what I'll see the signs. I didn't see it, Jay. It took some soul searching within me to say, wait a minute, that's what Jay was talking about. So I just want to thank you. I don't want to take it too much. I just really want to thank you for what you do. 
Well, I, I want to thank you, and I, and, I, and I really appreciate that. And for those of you that are listening today, I, I appreciate that. And, and this is coming from a very humble man that, that's on the end here because uh, Tony has been, Tony is the reason why we're on uh, Soul of America Radio Network. He is the president and CEO of it. And uh, he kind of started off by saying the fact of, you know, uh, on his personal pages and all that, if you were to visit any of his pages, one thing you can always find is soundness. He's very sound. He's very compassionate about and very passionate about human rights and human life and just fairness in terms of it. But, Tony, you said something that just really just it humbled me because, you know, you, you said something that I, I think it encourages me on, on this level. Every week that we're doing this, you know, on, on this show here and all the things that we're doing uh, not only locally but nationally as it relates to this, ter- this, this subject matter, and sometimes it sounds like you know you're pounding, you're pounding, and no one really gets it. But then we have these type stories, uh, these type uh, moments coming from you. And you talk about the fact of you being able to remember things that oftentimes that's been said on the show, maybe through a survivor or a guest or whatever. And this is what makes it worth it. The other thing that I mean, you just became a walking textbook because you said something else that was so important. A lot of time when we are trying to help victims of domestic violence. Here's one of the things that I have found to be true. People don't always move when you want them to. But right. you can take refuge and take uh, and take uh, uh, joy in knowing that you are there to supply information, an ear, or resources. Mm-hmm. You are able to share that with them. And that's very important inside of that. Tony, I listened to you, how you, you were listening to her, and then you began to ask a probing question. And those questions helped bring out what was being hidden. It helped bring mm-hmm. out that which was maybe uh, buried up under the cloak of shame and fear. And that happens a lot of time with people that are suffering domestic violence. One of the things that has been so amazing, and, and I, I'm telling you, I, I, I feel goosebumps on me just in sharing this, because one of my goals mm-hmm. this year was to really raise the level of involvement of domestic violence by men. Men, as you know, my movement, Man Up, Stand Up Against Domestic Violence. I, I am, I've dedicated myself this year to really push this platform, Man Up, Stand Up, because, Tony, until we as men – are willing to stand up and sometimes even be an ear to those. Because sometimes when women victims are going through domestic violence, they can look at another man and just mm-hmm. at everyone that same way. But when they come across mm-hmm. men at, that, that are not only well-meaning men, but socially responsible men that will not only give an ear, that will stand up and will not collude with what has happened, it gives them hope. It gives them a sense of strength. And for that reason, I, mm-hmm. I am grateful for all that, that you've done, and, and, and all that you've done. I was, I, earlier in the show, I talked about the fact this is year 20. And if I'm not mistaken, this will be our fourth year, I believe, at some, sometime around October. I think we're approaching think our fourth right. year. Unless my timing is wrong, I think it's going to be our fourth yeah. year here on the Soul of America Radio wow. Network. And the testimony behind wow. this, it's been amazing. Your phone call, you're reaching out and saying, listen, I've been noticing what you're posting out there. And you mm-hmm. saw this as being a need. You saw this as being uh, something that people uh, really could be helped with, and you made that possible. 
And as, as and even as I was talking earlier, one of the things, and you reminded me, the many of shows that we've had, the many number of guests, victims and survivors that is there. I remember just about going on our second year when we did the special tribute show to one of our late members of Destiny by Choice, uh, to Diane Walker. And, and right, I, I'll right. never forget how how you went and you you put together the tribute for Diane by going taking excerpts from a show that she was on, and it is those type mm-hmm. things that have made this journey worth it because we understand that listen if we can only if we don't reach but one person we believe that each one has the ability to reach one and that one reaches one mm-hmm. and that is what makes it so impactful and uh, we're very excited about it we're excited about uh what's going to happen this year 2016 and we're pulling together we're pulling together an army and even tonight it's been a night of first not just the first night of monday yeah. uh the first monday in the year 2016 but tonight was the first time I've given out the new email address of transforminglives2000 at gmail.com because I wanted to make it so that we had an opportunity to dedicate an email address specifically for this issue of dealing with domestic violence issues. No, not my other platforms that I do. This one here specifically is dealing with issues of domestic violence Transforming Lives 2000 at gmail.com. Why? Because I believe that's what we're here to do. We're here to help transform lives. And if we can reach out to victims and survivors, even earlier tonight with the caller that called in, and, and I can't wait to find out what state she is is in because she has made she has made the big move. She's gotten out of it. She's gotten out of it for the sake of her children, for the sake of her own life. But now we know that that's difficult after you get out. We know that getting out is only part of it, the resources that are needed, the support that is needed. I mean, uh, in terms of even therapy and in terms of support and just terms of being strengthened, those things are paramount. And that's why we continue to do this work, because it is these issues that oftentimes that people don't understand. If getting out of it, What's the end of it? Right. We wouldn't have a problem. But we know that getting out of it is only the beginning. Yeah. It's the beginning. That's and true. working through that process and working through that. And we, we're believing that in this year here and going forth that we're going to increase some things. We're going to find sponsors. We've got to get this message out more about the dynamics of how this happens. And we've got to get the message out more about some of these early warning signs to look out for because, you know, when life has already beat you down, sometimes you're just looking for some help. You're looking for some affirmation. And unfortunately, sometimes an individual finds himself in the arms or in the presence of the wrong individual. And that individual learns to do what they've learned to do all their lives, and that's manipulate. And that manipulation oftentimes right. leaves you in a very vulnerable position. And that's why we have to continue to do the work that we're doing. And I, and I thank you. I'm grateful to have you. As a, as as a partner in this work and doing this and doing what is necessary, and I tell you, I'm looking forward to tremendous things in 2016. So once again, I, I really appreciate hey, yeah. and I applaud you. Yeah, I I thank you, man. I I really think that, um, and you and I have talked about this before, man. I I think that with you, what you got going on, and I've got a few things going on. 
but I'm going to have to rake some things aside because um, the the message and the ministry is becoming so profound in what you're doing that I really think I um, I'm I'm guilty of not putting enough into it, and I'm I want to get become a little more acclimated to to what you're doing because man, I tell you. Um, when you when you talk to a person and when you finally get them to open up and the logic and sense, you know, we think Jay that everybody thinks like us. We think like we think people think like us. But when somebody tells you, yeah, he pulled a gun on me and yeah, he he beat me, but I love him. You have to <laughs> own self because the self wants to say, well, you're crazy to do that. No, no, you're not crazy. Uh, I'm I'm learning, Jay. I'm learning from you, and I'm learning from uh, the people that it's about listening, it's about patience, and it's about getting out of Tony. And once I got out of Tony, man, I could see the vision. And and it was it was something about you. Uh, like I said, I don't want to get too deep in it, but uh, you know, the, there was something that uh, beyond the the earth that spoke to me about what you're doing, and. Uh, and and made me contact you and said, Jay, I want you to do this. And man, ever since then, <clears throat> you have you have so many listeners that are listening on the internet and downloading your show. It's just phenomenal. So it's out there. Once you do a show, Jay, it's out there. It goes all over the world. That's why Chris says it's worldwide. And so your voice is out there, and you're changing lives, man. And I just want to applaud you for taking the time to do this because I know personally you are a very, very busy man. <laughs> you are a very busy man. To say the least, and yes. The, I mean, really, I know you are. And and, and so we're going to try to help you. I know N.D. Harlem and myself had discussed it. We're going to have to get together on, on helping you more because you have, you're being yanked in a thousand different directions, man, and I just, I thank you for being here every Monday night and just doing what you're doing and pouring out your soul for people. So, no, man, keep beating across the head, man. It pays off. I, I appreciate that. That that means the world. That means the world to me, uh, coming from and I, and I. I'll forever be grateful for all that you do. And uh, you know, and, and and saying that, I you know, I also want our listeners to understand that this network is not just on on Monday night. Uh, Tony has other. That on there, he has the Tony Stalling show that's as well. Very compelling and very uh, provocative talk, very straight talk about real issues that are going on in our society. And I'm telling you, oftentimes when mainstream media may not tell the truth or may not speak to the volumes or to the very angles of the things that are impacting everyday life, you have an opportunity to hear that right here. And so, once again, Thanks so very much, and inside and, and of that, and uh, you know, once again, I, I can't say it enough, and uh, we just want to give you a hand for being on this. You made that possible. Thank you. Thank, Thank, you. So Thank you so very much. You listen to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Ficklin, and we're so very glad that you join us here tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. Listen, we're going to take a break, but right after the break, we're getting back to our callers. Caller, don't don't go away. Uh, number ending 8155. We will be right with you immediately after this commercial break that is coming your way. And on the other side, we're taking your call. You listen to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Ficklin. 
um, you may not know how I became involved with Transformation Detroit. So just a real quick testimony, and I heard that you had shared the number, hotline number for SAFE um, with uh, Kaylin Risker. So here in right. Detroit, Kaylin, um, this, is, this is where Kaylin started her organization, was here in Detroit. And as a survivor of domestic violence, a teen survivor of domestic violence, um, not even recognizing that I was a survivor of anything, I just knew that some people would classify what I had been through as domestic violence. I was working full-time, but I also um, had entrepreneurial goals. I was long out of my domestic violence situation by this time, but the residual effects were still present in my life, and I didn't realize it. But I went to a conference that Kaylin had for survivors, and um, as Omi got up to present, she asked what we were survivors of and why we were at the conference. And I was like, you know, at the back of the room, I didn't really know that I had survived anything. But as I heard other people say what they were a survivor of, I'm like, wow. I literally, at that moment, the life was turned on that I recognized that I had survived something. And not just domestic violence, but so many other things. Um, and so, Kaylin, because I had my meltdown moment right then and there, <laughs> and Kaylin came over and um, wrapped her arms around me and told me that she was going to help me. And so we started to develop my, my own nonprofit, which snowballed into my women's outreach ministry, which snowballed into me volunteering um, at different organizations, local organizations, programs, and meetings such as the one that you came and spoke for. And that further educated me on the situation and gave me the confidence, the more education that I got and more resources that I gained in different organizations that I saw were available, I was able to, one, pass that information on, but it helped build my confidence in recognizing um, that my abuser, who was still in my life, even though he wasn't my boyfriend anymore, he's my child's father, so I still have to interact with him. But being able to recognize that he was still very much ready to abuse me at any given moment. And our daughter, unfortunately, just experienced violence from him. He assaulted her physically. And for me to be able to gain that wisdom and education through volunteering and serving other survivors, I'm now able to give my daughter those tools. And she sat in on many sessions and planning sessions, and she knows the signs, and she's just 15. But to be able to understand that what my dad did to me, a man can do to me, that I'll, I'll one day, you know, possibly date, and to understand warning signs and accountability. And right now, even though she's young, it's still empowering her to understand the accountability part. You, the blame is not on you. The blame is on the abuser, and they have to be accountable for it, regardless to who it is, if it's an uncle or dad or someone that you're dating. And so I don't want, I feel like I'm rambling. <laughs> I always feel like I ramble. Oh, no, not but, at all. You know, as a matter of fact, Erica, as you're speaking, I'm hearing life, and I'm hearing this life that's coming out of you and this passion, and I'm so glad that you called. And this show is on every Monday night, 9 o'clock Eastern time. And and one of the things that is so important, and I definitely i am going to ask you right over the airway, I'd like for you to look at your calendar, and I'd like you to come back and be one of our special guests on the show, because I think even in what you shared right then was a symbol of hope. Because you talked about the fact here you are, Showing up at an event, a conference there, and when you hear them say, you know, people speak out what are their survivors of, 
there was an epiphany for you at that moment there, because there are many people that have experienced things and don't understand what they have survived. And so that mm-hmm. needed to be defined in that clarity. And you yourself haven't been a, a victim, survivor now. We had a show that we did and was called, and it's actually one of my mantras I talk about is turning pain into power, meaning the pain that we have gone through. How do we turn that now into power? Because um, there are people that they can remain victims the rest of their lives, or they can turn their pain into power. And that's exactly what you have done. You've turned pain into power. Part of your process was the knowledge that you gained from it. The other part was the support that you got from people like our good friend Caitlin Risker. And, and then mm-hmm. you became connected to other resources. Uh, you know, And now with the work that is happening there, even at Transformation Detroit, your own nonprofit that you're doing, you have taken your experience. And it has gone from being the pain that you suffered to power. And then what you said, and I'm just really summarizing what you've said, since you think that you were rambling on, I'm sitting there going, these are important nuggets, very important nuggets. Because now you explain the fact, and which I think is a show all of itself, the fact that even when I'm no longer in an abusive relationship, but I still have a connection to my abuser because we have a child in common, or I still have a connection to my abuser in some cases because it may be my father, my uncle, even my brother. Mm-hmm. How do we overcome that? Because once again, it's like anything else. Oftentimes, though we're out of the abusive relationship in its, in its spirit's form, it doesn't mean that we're not still dealing with the impact of it. And because of that impact, we have to make so many decisions. We have to be very uh, forward-thinking inside of what we do. When you begin to talk about your daughter and your daughter experiencing this, but now your daughter is even at a place where she's attended some of these sessions and breakout sessions and some of these uh, events, and now that your daughter has become very uh, familiar with warning signs and understanding those things, these things are what we need to hear because oftentimes people feel trapped. Oftentimes people are overcome by their guilt and shame of what they've experienced, and they never can see how will this experience be able to change someone else's life. How will this experience be able to empower someone else? And it's one of the reasons I believe so much inside of giving a voice to those that have gone through. Because you have to understand that in the midst of what you've gone through, there is an opportunity. There's an opportunity to turn that pain into power. And when that happens, you begin to empower other lives, empower speakers. Even today, there are those that are listening to you right now on this that are being empowered. Someone is saying, listen, I went through this. I didn't realize I felt trapped. You know, I didn't realize there was life after abuse. And you're being a living testimony that it is. So by all means, you're not rambling. You're giving some very, very powerful nuggets. And, uh, and for that reason, I say to you, continue continue on because uh, I, I love the work there that is happening there in Detroit, Transformation Detroit, and many of the other organizations there, uh, your nonprofit, uh, uh, my dear friend and colleague, uh, LaDonna Coombs, uh, the sister of yeah, uh, the sister's <laughs> Uh, well, the Sister of Abuse Society, uh, you know, there are so many things that are happening there that is so crucial. And I think what has to happen is that that is when we see empowerment, is that when we rise from the ashes, when that butterfly begins to develop the voice of a lion, that voice of courage to say, listen, I'm not a permanent victim. 
I am a survivor. And I think that is very crucial in this day and time to be able to say, and I, and I definitely thank you for calling in. I thank you, uh, uh, thank you that you saw, uh, the, <laughs> saw this on the timeline there as we continue to raise this message here inside of that. Any other parting words that you'd like to share? Because I think that was exactly what we needed. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to encourage um, people because through my journey, um, starting in 2010, is ongoing. I know that it will probably be a part of me for the rest of my life because I'm always willing to learn and grow. But um, I posted, as a woman of Christian faith, I posted on my own Facebook page that I serve a God that makes me unashamed. And so I don't have to be ashamed and sharing with my daughters anything that's happened to me or being transparent enough to say, look, this is the real of this situation. And then also something else that I posted was the more I talk, the more freedom I gain. I'm stronger with every sentence. The last thing that I have to say is one word that I learned over time is unapologetically, and it has put root inside of me. The more that I say it behind everything that I truly feel, I don't feel like eating today unapologetically. I don't feel like getting out of bed today unapologetically. I just want to go to the gym unapologetically. I don't want to talk on the phone unapologetically. Whatever it is, I affirm within myself that I don't have to apologize for anything that I feel or anything that I think or anything that I'm standing on or against or that I want to share or don't want to share. So to get in into someone's spirit that you deserve freedom and you deserve healing and your journey is your journey unapologetically. So that's it. Just be wow. unapologetic on your healing journey, and it, it gets better. I'm proof. I have a T-shirt that says I am evidence. So for anyone that can hear my voice, I am evidence that healing is real. And, and it can happen, and it is a process. And unapologetically, I'm going to finish my process, and I'm going to help anyone that I can along the way. Wow. Uh, Erica, listen, I, that was worth the wait. <laughs> that was worth the wait for you to come on, on the line because, of fact, these are things that need to be heard. And for everyone that is listening tonight and for those of you that are going back and you're listening by way of the podcast and you're going through the archives of our shows, I want you to hear those statements, and I want you to hear them very strongly. Because those are statements of, a, of an individual who have discovered the thing called not only hope, but have discovered the fact that there is healing and she will not stop until she get it. She will not quit until she fulfills it. She will not waver until she embraces it. And that is what has to happen. We have to begin to unpeel the layers. See, the layers of shame that used to be on us, the layers of rejection that used to be our cloak and our clothing. We must rid ourselves of those things and understand that we have value. We have worth. And we refuse to allow someone else's opinion of us to become our reality of ourselves. And so that is where we find healing. That's where we find encouragement. And I believe that inside of it, these are the messages that must be heard. Oftentimes, we make victimization look like it is permanent. We make it look like it is permanent, that it is it, it is a death sentence. 
But I do believe that weeping does endure but a night, but joy does come in the morning. And I believe that when that joy come, when the joy come in the form of healing, when the joy come in the form of breaking forth, because it is transformation. You talked about a process, and that's so much of what we deal with a lot. We talk about the process. See, there's a process that we go through. There's a process that is so crucial, and that process begins to bring us to who we are. It is a metamorphosis that we go through, and that metamorphosis that we go through oftentimes lends itself to us becoming all that we can be and understand there is life after abuse. There's life after assault. There's life after rejection. There's life after being minimized. There's life after, and we have to continue to sound that alarm. I thank so very much, uh, Eric, for sharing with us. Join us again on the show. And I, we just want to applaud you today. Thank you very much for being with us. Um, wow. We'll listen to Open Healing. We're right now. But we're so very glad. What a show that we've had. The first year, 2016, it has been worth it all. It has been a tremendous show. You've joined us tonight. Last commercial. Come back. We're going to end the show with. Open Healing, A Journey to Wholeness with J.R. Thicklin is coming back right after this. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio, LLC. This is the one and only Soar. violence in her lifetime. Every year, nearly three million children witness domestic violence right in their homes. Domestic violence is most likely to occur between the hours of 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. More than 60% of domestic abuse incidents happen right at home. Survivors of domestic violence face high rates of depression, sleep disturbance, anxiety, flashbacks, and other emotional distress. If you or someone that you know is a victim of domestic violence, or if you think someone is, reach out to them. If you are a victim, reach out to somebody 
you can call the national hotline right now at 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. If you didn't have a chance to write that number down, call Jay Thickler right now at 1-323-784-9638. Speak to Jay right now at 323-784-9638. And now, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, continues with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Welcome back to Open Healing, a journey to openness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here tonight on the Soul of a Radio Radio Network. We are just very, very grateful for this opportunity to come to you tonight in what has been an absolutely uh, compelling show, and we've had great callers and great guests and great uh, even from the president of the Soul of America Radio Network, this has been a show that has been designed with you in mind. Listen, this first uh, Monday in the year 2016, this show is about this is our business. And we've heard very compelling and very victorious testimonies from survivors and and those that have dealt with the different uh, dynamics of domestic violence and those that have dealt with the challenges of even assisting those that may be in an abusive relationship. And the thing I want to say to you tonight is the fact is that mark your calendar, mark it, put it on your timeline every Monday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central, uh, 7 o'clock in the uh, Mountain Time Zone, 6 o'clock in the Pacific, and wherever you may be around the globe, you can find us here on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, and we have been very, very much encouraged tonight, as we have had callers from all over country that have been on this show tonight, and we look forward to continue to make a difference. Now, for those of you tonight that may be in an abusive relationship, may have a friend that's in an abusive relationship, definitely, if it's an emergency, call 911. Once again, the national hotline number, 1-800-799-7233, 1-800-799-SAFE. For those of you that may have specific questions, or may even desire certain materials uh, that we can possibly email to you. Uh, you may have something you want to share, and then we'll share it on the airway. Go to our email address. You can email us at transforminglives2000 at gmail.com, transforminglives2000 at gmail.com. That is how you can reach us tonight. Listen, it's been a compelling show. Join us again on next week. We look forward to our times together, and we a tremendous discussion at that time. And until next time, this is your host, J.R. Ficklin, and I'm saying to you, remember, there is no excuse for domestic violence. Be a listening ear, but also, if you know someone that's going through this, if you're going through this, listen, break the silence. And until next time, this is J.R. Ficklin, and I'm saying to you, be blessed. Make 2016 your year a year of victory. 
Until next time, be blessed, be safe, and remember, this is a journey to wholeness. Good night.
And, and that's incorrect. More than 50 women have not accused my client of similar acts. It's easy for, for people like yourself to say that more than 50 women have done that, but that is not true. Well, 50 women have come forward and publicly stated through the press that Mr. Cosby allegedly sexually assaulted them. Many of them have the exact same stories. How do you plan to defend that in court, or will you try to um, stop that from being admissible in court? Well, it certainly isn't admissible in court, but again, 50 women have not come forward and said they had the exact same story. Someone saying that he rubbed against them or the front of their breasts at a party is not the same thing as saying that they were in an ongoing consensual adult relationship and then one evening after multiple interactions, I believe I was drugged. Those aren't the same thing. And what this DA has to do is prove the facts of this case. But Ms. Presley, as you you know, the prosecutors could persuade the judge to allow some of the evidence um, from previous other cases uh, into this one. You have to be prepared for that. Well, there aren't previous other cases. What you mean there are allegations, other as allegations. You know, and, there's, and, and there are yes. a wide range of allegations, as you know. Yes, and those are all allegations for which there's no corroborating evidence, allegations from decades ago, allegations from women who never bothered to go in and make a complaint to police, and in most instances claim that they didn't tell another living soul. So if a judge chooses to consider from a prosecutor such testimony, then we will deal with that at that time. He uh, took a cane with him to court. Is, is, is his current uh, health status part of your defense? His current health status doesn't have anything to do with the defense for this unsubstantiated charge. His current health status is that he's a 78-year-old blind man who they've chosen to charge. That's not a defense to a crime. That's just a fact. Morning, Presley. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.